0: Everyone, and thank you for joining us for our Dimensions of Wellness podcast series, where we talk about the eight dimensions of wellness and how they can help lead to a balanced and empowered lifestyle. This is your host, Jamini Patel, and I am an nephrology medical science liaison here at Otsuka Pharmaceuticals. In today's episode, we will be delving into the fourth dimension of wellness, physical wellness, and our featured guest for this important conversation is none other than Dr. Fahad Aziz. Dr. Aziz is an associate professor in the Division of Nephrology within the Department of Medicine at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where he also serves as the program director for the Nephrology Fellowship. As a clinical nephrologist, Dr. Aziz cares for patients living with a wide range of kidney diseases and disorders, including renal transplant recipients. In addition to certification in the practice of internal medicine and nephrology, he holds hypertension specialist certification from the American Society of Hypertension. Dr. Aziz is a member of the American College of Physicians, the American Society of Nephrology, and the American Society of Transplantation, and has presented clinical research at national medical conferences at both the ASN and AST Professional Society scientific meetings. As a medical educator, he has provided classroom instruction topics in nephrology to physician assistant students and nephrology fellows, as well as continuing medical education presentations to clinicians. Dr. Aziz, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you here and talk about intellectual wellness in our patients.
1: Thank you very much, Gemini, for having me.
0: Thank you. I think we all have a pretty good idea of what physical health entails, maintaining healthy habits, prioritizing nutrition and exercise, and obtaining healthcare. And Dr. Aziz, I feel like you and I both know that this is sometimes much easier said than done. I know it can be really challenging to motivate ourselves to eat healthy, definitely exercise, whether that's at home or getting to the gym. And I think obtaining healthcare seems to be getting uh, to be more difficult day by day in the United States. Uh, but it's no surprise that physical wellness helps combat many medical illnesses, certainly those that can lead to kidney disease and that can necessitate a kidney transplant. When you have a transplant patient, though, especially one that's pre-transplant, who's having difficulty moving, uh, who how do you encourage them to even stay a little active? And can this activity benefit their recovery if they were to receive a transplant?
1: Uh, Thank you, Jiminy, for this great question. You know, encouraging physical activity in both pre-transplant and post-transplant patients can have significant benefits for their overall well-being and recovery. Uh, So for pre-transplant patients, you know, a few things we always, you know, teach the patient, advise to the patient is, you know, number one, they have to set very realistic, you know, goals for them. Um, they should be small, they should be achievable, and there should be a gradual, uh, you know, improvement in their in their physical activity. And and then on top of that, you know, to provide them education, you know, what exercise, you know, is best for them. Um, as we all know that, you know, um, with all these different diseases, we have our own limitations. So as the doctors, you know, it's our responsibility to give them um, an exercise program or, or or advise them with exercise you know which is best for for them and after that it's also important to to offer support to them uh, with every visit we have to see you know that small step what we took uh, how much helpful for them, how, how much helpful uh, that was for them and that is also extremely important you know if the people are going for the transplant uh, because the more active the more healthy the patients are before going for transplant, the better would be the outcome in terms of transplant. And, and this whole story doesn't end here, you know, even after transplant, the patients have to be um, active. We advise them, you know, it's a big surgery. And when they come out of the surgery, um, there, there's a tendency for our patients to gain weight. The weight gain after transplant is, is fairly common. And to fight that out and, you know, uh, make this kidney keep working for the rest of their life, they need to uh, do certain things. And the most important thing is here is again, uh, a regular schedule for exercise. Um, and then again, they had to tailor that exercise, you know, based on their own, own limitation. With every visit, you know, with the transplant physicians, you know, we kind of make sure they're active. Um, and sometimes I tell people, you know, if any exercise is difficult, even walking uh, for a few minutes every day, for a few times in a day is much, much better as compared to not doing uh, anything. I think the most important thing here is that that we have to uh, encourage our patients uh, that they should have realistic goals, Um, and then they should have a small step every day to keep getting better.
0: No, that's fantastic advice, Dr. Aziz, and I think it's definitely relatable across the board, whether you are a kidney transplant patient waiting for a transplant, or even just any one of us. Uh, trying to incorporate these healthier lifestyles uh, into our daily lives. It's really kind of making those small achievable goals so it doesn't seem so overwhelming where we just instantly give up and have no motivation uh, to follow through. So I think, you know, having those small goals is really key for patients. uh, And you bring up a great point about how that can definitely keep them healthier longer, especially after a transplant. And, you know, exercise is definitely one part of the equation. You know, they say exercise is 20% and nutrition is about 80%, especially uh, in terms of getting healthy. Um, But it can be very challenging to incorporate this, not just in general, you know, certainly taking into consideration the rising cost of fresh produce and fruits, but with kidney disease as well, uh, you know, what what limitations there are placed on what patients can eat, especially in terms of protein, this can be really challenging. How should patients optimize their nutrition, not only for their kidney health, but really for their overall health?
1: Uh, this is a very important question. And, you know, to have a better, you know, physical health, you know, you are absolutely right. Uh, that sixty to seventy percent that comes from the physical activity, but there's a good thirty to forty percent which is based on the nutrition. Um, so managing nutrition is indeed crucial for individuals with kidney disease to optimize both their kidney health and overall uh, well-being. Now, here are you know some recommendations. Um, so for all the people who are who have a kidney disease, you know they should always be consulted with a registered dietitian, um, and and even after transplant, you know. Um, they need to continue to to, to make a relationship with, uh, with a registered dietitian. Uh, their diet need to be, uh, you know, modified based on the recommendations coming from, from them. Uh, a lot of uh, diet modifications are needed after the diagnosis of kidney disease. For example, it's important for the kidney disease patients to have a, have a control on their sodium intake, uh, manage their phosphorus or their potassium levels. So the, a lot of electrolytes, you know, um, are deranged because the kidney is not able to take care of those electrolytes, so they have to avoid uh, certain foods, um, and they all should be, you know, given a list of uh, foods which they should avoid uh, with every visit. And the same is true about even after transplant, um, where we have to go revise their nutrition on every visit. Uh, with improving kidney function, those dietary restrictions slowly go away. Uh, but to a certain extent, for certain people, they still stay there. Uh, so that's very important to discuss those nutrition restrictions with the physicians on every visit, um, but also be in touch with the, with the dietitians in those clinics so that the patients can be on, on healthy uh, nutrition. Also for patients you know, who have diabetes, as we know that the diabetes is number one cause of kidney failure, and not only in US, but the worldwide, uh, a better control of uh, sugar levels and it's not only the medication but diet care also play a very important role uh, similarly for our patients with the kidney disease are having or who have a transplant staying hydrated is extremely important how much water they should drink every day should also come from their doctors and their dietitian um, and they should follow those you know uh, you know hydration advice or electrolyte you know restriction advice um, very regularly and that can al- always help them to stay more uh, you know physically in, in better health
0: Thank you for sharing all that fantastic advice, Doctor Aziz. I think you know it can be definitely overwhelming uh, for kidney patients uh, when all of these dietary restrictions are coming down on them, and I think the advantage of the, having a registered dietitian is that there's someone there that can really break that down for them and help them through, and also kind of help them, you know, learn how to create meals that are tasty, you know, without compromising flavor, especially when you're talking about reducing salt um, in, in your food. And I think having that support system there is really key for patients. Um, and, and all of these really kind of help with their overall health as well. Especially, you know, you mentioned Uh, diabetes, that's certainly on the rise, especially in the United States, and how we almost have an addiction to sugar uh, in this country, and how that's not just affecting our diabetes rates, but our obesity rates, our heart health in this nation, and how we can really kind of um, attenuate that a little bit and become a lot healthier as a community. But, you know, incorporating nutritional healthier habits uh, in our life can definitely be A stressful process can be anxiety inducing, sometimes we don't know where to start. Um, And stress and anxiety management on its own are certainly at the forefront of many health related, especially mental health conversations, particularly post pandemic. And I think many of us, whether we have kidney disease or not, are, are kind of going through this. And I imagine many patients have a fair degree of stress regarding their illness or illnesses, if they have more than one, and many have anxiety about visiting the doctor and, and sometimes can use that as a reason to avoid f- visiting the physician altogether. What steps can patients take to begin managing stress and anxiety? And have you noticed whether these help in the lives of your own patients? Uh,
1: absolutely, Jimmy. Uh, I mean, Stress and anxiety is a big problem in patients who have any chronic disease and spe- especially patients who have a chronic kidney disease. Uh, Managing stress and anxiety is crucial for overall, you know, health, especially in the context of, you know, dealing with an illness, you know, which is uh, chronic in nature. Uh, So here are the few points, you know, which are important for patients to understand. Number one, you know, they should be able to recognize their own, uh, you know, stress and anxiety. The first step always starts with acknowledgement. Uh, So when they they realize that, you know, uh, certain treatment options or certain diagnoses or medications, you know, increases their, their stress or anxiety level they need to recognize those uh, specifics. And then the second most important thing is to seek help. There's no harm in seeking help, you know, when anyone is facing um, anxiety or, or stress from their, from their chronic disease. I always encourage my patients, uh, you know, whenever they, they feel anything like that, they should discuss with their, their nephrologist. they should be able to discuss with their primary care physicians so that the doctors can take appropriate steps, you know, and help them uh, through this uh, this this process. Another important thing here is that you know maintain a healthy lifestyle is the biggest weapon we got against uh, the stress and anxiety, which include you know regular exercise, a balanced diet, uh, sufficient sleep um, are are usually very essential to manage you know stress and, and anxiety. And also there are a lot of you know sport networks are available for the patients who have a chronic disease, especially patients who have uh, chronic kidney disease. The patients who have a kidney transplant sometimes being part of those you know support network uh, can can help people realize you know how the stress and anxiety can affect their life and when they have that realization then then they then they with the help of their doctors they can take the next step uh, to counter that
0: yeah absolutely thank you so much for sharing that i i love how you mentioned sleep i don't we i don't think we often think about how necessary sleep is for every aspect of our health, not only just our mental health, but our physical health. You know, when we have had a good night's restful sleep, it really can change how we approach our day and how we approach the choices that we make uh, the following day in terms of keeping keeping ourselves healthier. So I definitely think we have a sleep problem in the United States. I know i so I suffer with the insomnia myself and there's some fantastic resources out there and apps that can kind of help with that. Um, but I think that's definitely an important thing to, to talk with about your doctor, whether it's your neurologist or your PCP, uh, if you're having these issues, because it'll definitely affect every aspect of your health. Um, great insights, Dr. Aziz. Thank you so much again for giving your time and speaking on this important topic. This is fantastic for our patients. Uh, And thank you everyone for tuning in today. We hope you had some fun and learned something new during our fourth episode of this series.
1: Thank you, Gemini, for having me.
0: Thank you. And everyone, these podcasts are also available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. So be sure to like and subscribe to the Nephew podcast channel on whichever platform you use. And with that, thank you all again. And we look forward to seeing you on the next edition of our Dimensions of Wellness podcast.